I thank you, Lord, that you open up our hearts to receive your word. That your word is manna, it's practical, it becomes part of who we are. Your word is also seed planted deep in the good soil of our hearts. Produces life in us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us what we need to know. Prepare us for what is coming in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. We hear these stories often, and you can find these stories on you know, Google it, where a trainer raises a tiger cub from birth, really kind of mothers and nurtures this cub, and develops this affectionate, close, close relationship where the tiger doesn't hurt the trainer. And they get, they're like buddies. But then inevitably, it seems like at some point, the tiger attacks the trainer. And as we've seen this, and it hurts the trainer, this tiger's doing something it doesn't want to do. And so they've studied this out to find out why tigers do this, and they find what we all kind of would guess is that there's instincts in the tiger, deep programming that cause it to do something it goes against what it wants to do. And something can trigger that instinct. When that instinct gets triggered, it doesn't matter how much he loves that trainer, how close he, how, what that trainer's done for him, he attacks. Because the instinct is deeper than the conscious programming of the tiger. It's the same for you and I. There is deep programming within us that sometimes overrides the things that we're, we're consciously wanting to do. It's almost instinctive. It came to us as a part of our raising, upbringing, even our birth, just being born into it. And these instincts can be sabotaging your prayer life and your faith and be unbeknownst to you. I want to talk about something that might be deep programming in you that is sabotaging your prayer life and the effectiveness of God's promises coming into your life. And so I've kind of broken this up into two pieces of the stage. Over here is B.C., right before Christ. And, and really this encapsulates the predominance of the Bible. 4,000 years of the Bible is over here. 70 years of the Bible is what happens after Christ. This is the, the land we were born into. You weren't born a Christian. You were born of the flesh to a mom and dad. And you lived here for the, until you met Christ. This is where you were raised. You were born into this system. 4,000 years this system has, in, has impacted mankind. History even pivots on the idea that the cross changed everything. Historians say B.C. and A.D. Because why? Because all the world knows that something changed when this cross happened. Something's different now. In fact, what changed? Everything changed. Over here is the system of you get what you work for. You, you enjoy the fruits of what you've earned. If you earn nothing, you don't get nothing. And over here, you get what you deserve. This is a cursed land. This is the land of Adam and Eve sinned and got thrown out of the garden into the land of the wilderness of you work, 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 and things keep falling apart. But Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, 14 says this, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, how many know there's a Holy Spirit that wants to be very, very involved in your Christianity? And this Holy Spirit wants to lead you. And, and the unfortunate thing is, is when a pastor talks about the Holy Spirit, which I do every week, 
people go, whoa, what's this? This is one of those spirit churches. Be careful that you don't let some old programming invade the truth. Because if you get rid of the Holy Spirit out of the Bible, you lose a lot of the New Testament. You don't want to live. That's, that's Satan's idea. That is not God's idea. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Say, I'm led by the Spirit. We are. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. That's this spirit. It's a spirit of bondage to fear. Why? Because I'm going to get what I deserve. And how many know we deserve some bad stuff? But you receive the spirit of adoption. That's a different... See, you got born... You were born into that world, but you got born again into this kingdom that is on the other side of the cross. You will receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Daddy, that's Abba, Daddy, Father. Now when my daughter cried out, Daddy, she was on an inner tube behind the boat in Lake Tahoe. She was seven years old, and the tube popped her up in the air, and she fell into the cold water. She goes, Daddy, what did I do? When you yelled, Daddy, I jumped in the water. Without shedding any of my clothes, I was fully dressed, and I had my phone in my pocket. Because why? Because my daughter yelled, Daddy! God is the same way with you. He jumps out of the boat fully dressed with his phone in the pocket to come and get you when you cry out, Daddy. We cry out, Daddy. Because why? Because that's a messed up world over there. And so we get broken and we cry out, Daddy. Now watch this. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself bears witness. That means births, persuasion, from someone who has an I account. The Holy Spirit knows something that he's trying to get into your spirit. He's birthing, he's persuading, he's arguing in a courtroom. A witness argues in a courtroom of something that they've seen that you don't know about. Bears witness with our spirit. So your spirit is getting educated by the Holy Spirit. Something, what? That we are children of God. He's trying to persuade you of something. Why is God arguing with our spirit about this? Because our spirit argues against it. There's a part of us on the deep in the inside of us that's not fully persuaded that we are children of God. And if we are children of God, we are owners. What do I mean? Joint heirs with Christ Jesus, that whatever he paid for is ours. We're not fully persuaded of our ownership. And my prayer is that today I can convince you unswervingly that you are an owner of the things that Jesus provided for you on that cross because you were born into it, not because you earned it, but because you were born again by faith in Jesus. See, people, look at me. To get over here, to get born again here, it's super simple. All you have to do is put your faith in Jesus. That's counterintuitive to that world that you grew up in. The world that you grew up in is like, I got to do something, right? But this world over here is I don't have to do nothing but believe. And so people argue against that. But listen, you can be born into this sonship that I'm talking about just by believing in Jesus. That's it. What is the grace of God? The grace of God is on this side of the cross. You've heard it said before, unmerited favor. Listen, can I just tell you something? That is the tip of the iceberg of what the grace of God affords you. That is not even close to describing what God's grace does for you. Here's the grace of God. 
It is everything that Jesus purchased on that cross as he finished the work for you that comes to you for free by faith in him. Everything that Christ purchased, that includes the healing, because remember, by his stripes, you have been healed. Which means he took a whipping and bled. He carried our griefs, our burdens, and our sickness to the cross. He carried it. Anything he carried, you don't have to carry because he already paid for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He bought you favor. We talked about favor already, unmerited favor. The favor of God, it's a shield for you. He gave you righteousness. I am the righteousness of God created in Christ to do good works, which he prepared in advance for me to do. He gave you the blessing given to Abraham, that he will make your name great and he will bless you. You are blessed when you go in. You are blessed when you go out. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the country. You are, the fruit of your womb is blessed. Come on, somebody. God will cause you to be raised up above all people's promotion is yours. It's free. It was paid for on the cross. Restoration is yours. It is free. It was paid for on the cross that God declared that the enemy that rises up against you will be defeated before you. He's guaranteed you victory. The enemy will come at you in one direction and flee from you in seven. He gave you his Holy Spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is a gift to anyone who will what? Believe. Come on, somebody. Not because you were good enough or because you earned it, but because you believed in Jesus Christ. And there's so much more to the grace of God than I have time to cover. It's like the churro at Disneyland. The grace of God, the promise of God. It's perfect the way it is. Like the Christ Rice Krispie Treat, the churro doesn't need anything added to it or taken away. It's like the word of God. You add nothing to it, you take nothing away from it. The churro is holy. But Disneyland, I was there on Friday, and they have done something. And I, and I feel like we have to draw the line somewhere with Walt Disney and Disney World. We, at some point, we have to go, enough is enough. Trying to re-educate our children about gender issues, that's too far. Come on, somebody. But then, but then they've gone even further, and they've taken the churro, and they've put carrot cake on it. <laughs> I got a video of it. I got evidence. They put carrot cake. On, look at that. It looks like vomit. You don't add something to that which is holy. If you do, it is a defilement. And at some point, we as believers have to draw the line and say, enough is enough, Disney. Enough is enough. Too far. You see, the churro is like the grace of God, and you're not supposed to add anything to it. But a lot of times, even Christians want to add stuff to it. Because why? Because they grew up over here, so it's, this is how they think. And when we think over here, we think... If you want God to heal you, you better get your life right. You need to get your life right with God if God's going to heal you. But I serve a, a Jesus who healed a lot of people that didn't get their life right. In fact, he healed everyone who came to him exactly as they were. Naaman the leper did not get his life right. He was a mess worshiping other gods, but he still got his healing. Why? Because God gives first. It is the goodness of God that leadeth one unto repentance. The gift of healing is that it's a gift. It's not a wage. You cannot earn it. But over here, we were born into this world. We were born into this cursed world where I get what I earn and I get what I deserve, and that's how it should be. In fact, true celebration in our society today is to celebrate the people who are worked hard, 
They came from nothing, but they worked hard, and they eat the fruits of their labor, and we celebrate that, and we should. We also criticize, the opposite is true, we criticize those who just have everything handed to them. They just get it because they, they were just, well, his daddy just gave them that, his mommy just gave them that. They didn't earn that, they didn't work for that. We criticize those. That's the world we live in. You get what you get. People that don't get what they deserve, we're mad about it. They deserve to be punished. They deserve some wrath. That's what this world is over here. And, and as we celebrate the people who work hard and eat the fruits of their labor, we forget that Jesus has called a different system in the kingdom of God. In this system, you're called to not work, but to rest and to enjoy the fruits of Jesus' labor. You didn't do a thing to get what he gave you, but you enjoy it anyways. You see, in that world, you get what you deserve. But in this world, Jesus got what you deserved. You deserve some punishment. and rest. Come on, somebody. Before you knew Christ and you lived over there, you were a wreck. And you deserve some wrath. You deserve some punishment. But Jesus took all the punishment on the cross of Calvary. And you get to stand over here with God's mercy and forgiveness. And God says, I won't even remember your sins anymore. I'm not counting a man's sin against him. This is the grace of God. But when I live over here and I say people need to get what they deserve that they wronged me, and I don't operate in forgiveness. I'm operating from an old mentality. And I put myself back over into that world, and I'm sabotaging my own prayer life. Romans chapter 3, 2 and 3 tells us that when you judge someone, you bring condemnation on yourself on the same point. So if I judge you for doing wrong, but you're not getting what you deserve, then deep in my programming, instinctively, I also deserve judgment and to get what I deserve. And I'm opting myself out of the goodness of God. If I believe that, that somebody got something they didn't earn and I'm mad about it, then secretly and subconsciously in the instinct of my mind, I'm rejecting things that I didn't earn. I'm rejecting the goodness of God. And so I find myself living in a famine in my prayer life, a wilderness in my life, living under the old curse, even though I've been set free my old programming sucks me back over to here. Today, we get free of that. Genesis 49 and verse 10. Check this out. Now, remember, I like to go to the same spot in the scripture and hang out there. So I thought I could just show you this principle in this same scripture we've been talking about for a couple weeks. Jacob's blessing his sons, and he, he declares this promise. The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet. So his descendants between his feet, he's going to give birth to descendants that will always be on the throne. That's what he said. Now the first king to take the throne, not, not King Saul, but King David of the tribe of Judah would be 800 years from this moment. And then from then on, there would always be a king on the throne all the way to Christ the Messiah prophesied or spoken, declared by Jacob. All these years before, until, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the people. Shiloh is Christ, the, the resting place. He's the, and, to, and to him will be the obedience. He's prophesying about the Messiah. That Jesus is still on the throne, isn't he? Somebody say amen. Okay, so all these kings have been declared to be kings through the tribe of Judah. If you were born of the tribe of Judah, you had the opportunity as one of the kings to become a king. 
those kings were not all good people. Not all of them deserved to be a king. In fact, if I live over here, I'm always looking for people to deserve what they get. And I could say, that's not right. Why does that guy get to be king? What did he do to become king? There were some evil kings in the tribe of Judah, some bad people. There were bad rulers. And yet they still got the title king. They still got the oil, the anointing of kingship, and they got the inheritance. But they didn't get it because they were good people. They didn't get it because they deserved it. So God shows us his principle and his system of the new kingdom of God when he shows us this, that these kings were made kings not because they deserved it or because they were going to be good kings, but because simply they were born into it. Why do you get to be king? Because I was born into it. God has the same thing for you and I. The reason you get to be called a king and a priest, the reason you get that title, the reason you got the anointing oil on your life, and the reason that you've got the inheritance of God in your future is not because you were good enough or because you didn't have a past or because you earned it somehow, but it's because you were born into it. You got born into the kingdom of God when you got born again. Jesus Christ's joint heirs with you. You didn't earn it. You just got born into it. You didn't deserve it, but it is yours. You got to learn how to step into that kingship. I think a lot of people reject what God has given because they say, well, that's nice, pastor, but is that really for me? Is that really mine? And so the spirit of God right now is bearing witness with your spirit. You're a child of God. That kingship, that title, that's yours. That's not me. Yes, it is. King and a priest, that's yours. That's your title. But I'm not worthy. It doesn't matter about your worthiness. You were born into it. That oil, that's yours. You are anointed of God. You are. Say, I am anointed of God. We talk about other people's anointing. We should talk about our own anointing because you got oil on you, sisters and brothers. You have an inheritance. The land is yours. Praise God. I got to work at Miller's Outpost when I was a teenager. I was 16 years old, just about to turn 17. It was Christmas time, the holiday hours. If you know what Miller's Outpost is, it was like a teenage clothing store back in the 80s. And uh, I, was, I was off school during the school break, you know, Christmas break. And they worked me 9 in the morning till 10 at night because they were short-staffed. And so I was working all these hours, making my 335 an hour. But I was, as I was banking all these hours, I was thinking to myself, man, I got a big check coming. I was really excited. Christmas time, that big check. Get my check, and it was like super small. And I was like, this is the same measly check I always get. So I went to my boss. I said, hey, where's the money? And he's like, yeah, no, that payroll's a little delayed. You'll probably see that money in the next paycheck. So the next paycheck came. It was still the measly little check. So I went to my boss. I was like, hey, where's my money? And he's like, oh, let me look into that for you. I'll check that out. I'll get back to you. I was like, you know, because like, that's my money. Where's my money? Give me my money. I was 16, but I still had like, a, it gives me my, this my, I worked hard for that money. Where's my money? The next paycheck, I, Christmas came and went, and I got the crappy little paycheck again. This time I went to my dad. I'm like, Dad, they're short me. He's like, okay, let's go. So we drove down there. We sit down in the guy's office, my boss, and, the, and he says, well, let me look into this for you. And he goes, no, go get the time cards. I know they're here. They're signed by my son, and they'll be signed by his boss, probably you. I want to see the time cards. We can compare the time cards with his pay stubs. 
man turned white as a sheet. And he goes, I'll get his money next week. He'll have it on the next paycheck. My dad said, thank you. And I did. I got my big check the next week. I tell you what, if I hadn't gotten it, I'd have stayed with it. I'd have kept fighting for it, you know. Because why? Because I worked hard for that money. I worked hard for the money. So hard for the money. I didn't get my money. I was like, give me my money. Because when you work hard for it, and they don't give it to you, you go after it. You don't just give up. You don't walk away. Because why? That's your money. You would do the same thing. You would go to court to get the money that was owed to you if you worked for it. But I want you to take the same approach over here with the things you didn't work for. Because just because you didn't work for it doesn't mean it's not yours. You think, you don't say, well, I didn't get my promise. No, no, you've got to fight sometimes for your promise. You've got to come over here and stake your claim because Satan isn't just giving it up to you freely, but he is under your feet. Sometimes you've got to stand in faith, make declaration. You might have to fast and pray, but you're going to do what it takes to get what's yours because you're not going to stop until you get. You may not have paid for it, but somebody did pay for it, and he paid for it with precious blood, and he gave it to you as an owner. Don't give up so easily. Sit down and go after that thing that God has given you. Enter the rest of God. Stand on the scripture and the word of God and get what's, make a claim on the things that you freely have been given because you are an owner. Now, not because you earned it, but because you were born into it. I think sometimes we just let it go. Well, I didn't really work for it, so it's not really mine. Yeah, but Jesus worked for it. Second Kings chapter 8 is the story of this guy named Joram. He was a bad king. There's some wicked kings in the Bible. This guy was of the descendants of Judah. He had no business being king. He was evil. Worshiping other gods, carrying on, married Ahab's daughter, got into the bad things. And in 2 Kings chapter 8, we get a picture of what God's up to because we want Joram to get some wrath. That's what we want. God, get him. Smite him. Give him what he deserves. It says this, yet the Lord would not destroy Judah for the sake of his servant David. See, Joram is a descendant of David. God's got an agreement with David that supersedes what Joram deserves. As he promised to to give David a lamp to him and his sons forever, God made a promise not just with David, but with his sons forever. So Joram is a son of David. And because he's a son of David, he gets mercy. He doesn't get what he has coming to him. He doesn't get mercy because he changed his life and repented. He doesn't get mercy because he cleaned up his act and got his life right with God. He gets mercy because what? Because he was born into it. He was born into mercy. God shows us his system is different than the earth system. The world system is broken. It is a cursed system. It will leave you childless. It will leave you, what I mean by childless is I mean fruitless. It will leave you fruitless. You will have no fruit of your labor. You'll find yourself in the wilderness in famine, working paycheck to paycheck, not getting the good things of God. You find yourself sick and broken in every way. Put it in the ditch. That's that life over there. But this life over here, the life with God, it happens to you not because you were good enough, not because you made the right decision, but because you were born into it, because God made an agreement with Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, and that agreement supersedes what you deserve. Come on, somebody. 
And so why do you get mercy? Because you were born into it. Every Christmas, I always think to myself, Santa is that's a, the, the law. Santa is the old system. You ever think about Santa? I'm not, I'm not talking about whether he exists or not. I'm just saying that Santa is over here only giving you something because you were naughty or nice. If you're, if you're naughty, you get jack. If you're nice, then you get good stuff. That's, that's the earning system. My household is not the Santa system. In my household, you get something good whether you are, you know, you're not earning it. You just get Christmas. Booker, my grandson, I don't care how, what he's doing. If he's napping, if he's eating his food, if he's obedient. He doesn't clean his room. Let's be honest. He's one years old now. He does jack. He didn't take out the trash. He doesn't do anything around the house. But when Christmas time comes, Booker is blessed. How many know Booker's blessed? Not, not because he earned it, but because he was born into my family. And so this last Christmas, I got him this big old truck. It's way too big for him. It's too old for him, but I got it for him anyways. It's way too much for him. Do you see the, do they have the video up there? Watch this. No, you got to see his truck. It's massive. Look, he's so excited for his little truck. And you think, that's not fair. That kid doesn't deserve all that. Why does he get such a beautiful truck? I don't care if it's fair. I don't care. He's, he's my grandson. He was born into it. He's going to get the good things of, of me because he was born into my family. God's the same thing for you. You were born into it. He's got, he wants to lavish you with his goodness. He wants to give you all the promises. And when, when Booker saw that truck, we were all like, Booker, you couldn't hear, but that's yours. Go get it. That's yours. So he walks over and gets it. We even wrote Booker on it. You know, ownership is given verbally and written. When I sell a car, we'll make an agreement verbally first. Okay, that's your car now. And then we write it down in writing and transfer the title of ownership to the person that owns the car now. God has assigned you his good and precious promises verbally. He first told you they're yours. He's like, there they are. Go get them. And then he also didn't just say it. He wrote it down for you. You have it in writing that these script, these are yours. Why is he saying it and writing it down? Because he wants you to know they really are yours. And when you know they're yours, it's going to change how you pray. What did Jesus say? He said, pray believing you have received it, and then you will have it. What do you mean? You pray like an owner. That's mine, and I'm, and I'm claiming it in Jesus' name. I'm standing on the truth of God. He, he said it. He wrote it down. He has transferred title and ownership of that, of that promise to me. It's mine. Sounds very selfish, doesn't it? But take it anyways. Mine, 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 mine. The Israelites were promised the promised land. They were in Egypt. and, and, and I'm standing over here because I'm trying to stay in the kingdom of heaven. But I'll come over here into the cursed land for a second to talk to you people. We've got to get you over here. The Israelites, I'm kidding, you can sit where you want. The Israelites were promised the promised land, and they get to the promised land. And they don't go in, because why? Because you could read the scripture if you want. It tells you that we can't do it. You know, over here, you can't be good enough to earn God's goodness. You can't be good enough to earn the promised land. You can't do it. So as soon as they got into their own works, what we can do, they realize the giants in the land will never be able to take it. But if you recognize that it's a gift and God has given, this is what Joshua and Caleb did. No, no, no. 
This is our land. God gave it to us. You'll receive things that are impossible to receive. Over there, it'll be by your own works. Over here, it'll be by the works of Christ and the cross. Over here, nobody was good enough to have eternal life. Nobody. Nobody ever was good enough to have the blessing of God in their life. Nobody was good enough. Abraham received the blessing by faith, and God promised him a land. I'm going to take you to a good and spacious land, right? That, that land came to Abraham by faith. Now, the Israelites are, all these 430 years later, are getting ready to go into the land because God gave it to them. Now, did they deserve the land? Were they a good people and they had been super obedient? So God was like, well, let me just reward you because you guys have been so great. I'm going to reward you with all my promised land. Is that what happened? No, God told them, you are a stiff-necked, rebellious nation. You never listened to me. They grumbled and complained about everything that God did. They worshiped false gods. They got involved in the things they shouldn't get involved in. They were, if you read the, the journey of the Israelites, they made every mistake known to man. These were not a people that were deserving of God's goodness, but God gave it to them anyways. Why did he give it to them? The next generation went in with Joshua and Caleb. Why did he give it to them? Did he give it to them because they were so great? No, he gave it to them because they were descendants of Abraham and God promised God, his descendants, Abraham's descendants, they would have the land. Come on, somebody. They were given the land because they were born into it. That's you and I. God gave us all the promises, not because we deserved it, but because we were born into it. Some of us were like King Joram in our, in our prior life. There might be some King Jorams in here right now, living wicked lives, living according to the lust of the flesh. And you're recognizing right now this morning that your life's kind of in the ditch. It's not working. You're like that little short guy that keeps yelling and talking about churros. He's up there talking, but it's kind of making sense because he's talking about being born into a different system. I think I need that. And you do. And the, the way you get the born into that different system is so simple. Just believe in that cross, what Jesus did. The Bible even says in Galatians chapter 3 that when you have faith like Abraham did, then you get what Abraham got. The promises of God become yours because you become a child not just of God but also of Abraham. That's what it says. We understand this when you're born in America. When you get born in America... It's not fair. Many of you were born here. Most of you were born here. It's not fair. That's not fair. There's people born all over the world that didn't get what you got. Why did you get the freedoms that you have? Because you deserved it? You weren't even born yet. You got them because you were born into it. Because there were men and women, we call them our founding fathers, who worked hard to create a country that would be free. And then there were people who fought for that freedom to make sure that you could be born into the country you were born into. We understand what that looks like, right? Because you were born here. It's no different than the kingdom of God. If you would just receive Christ today, people that have been living over there, if you would just receive Christ today, you can get reborn. You can get born into this life. It's not fair, but it is how it works because God's not working on fair. He's working on what Jesus earned and paid for you. He got all of the punishment you deserved and he earned all the reward that you don't deserve. And he gives it to you for free. Why? Because you get in Team Jesus. You just believe in him. That doesn't mean you keep living however you want. He'll work on that. He works on that on the inside of you. He'll start to change you from the inside out. But my point to you today is to pray and to believe God like you're a child of God. 
Pray like an owner. Pray like what Jesus paid for really is yours. And watch your prayer life begin to change. Amen. Did you receive something today? I just encourage you. One of the greatest things, gifts you can bring the Lord is a soul. Bring somebody to God's house. There's people that you know that need these kinds of messages. It impacts you today. It impacted you. Think about freely I receive, now I freely give. What can I do? Let me think of a person that I could bring back to God's house. Meet them here. Sit with them. Help them. And watch God begin to move in their life. Amen? I encourage you to serve somewhere in God's house. But let me ask you a question. Everybody in the room, I ask you this question. If you were to face eternity today, do you know what eternity looks like for you? And would you have peace with God? You see, over here is eternal life. And how do I get that eternal life? Because I deserve it? No, because I believed. Believe in what? Believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God that died for your sins on that cross and rose from the dead. Make him the Lord of your life today. And you can know before you leave where you will spend eternity, it'll be in the kingdom of heaven with Father God. I pray a prayer. Just repeat this prayer after me. Mean it in your heart. Everyone's eyes closed. If you, wanna, if you want this Jesus, on the count of three, I want your hand in the air. I want you to be bold. I want you to be brave and put your hand in the air. On the count of three, if you want this Jesus, you want this life, give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. This eternal life, if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, be bold. Two, be strong. Three, raise it right now, wherever you are. Put that hand high up in the air and keep it there. Thank you, Lord. Keep your hand up if you don't mind. I think we should keep our hands up. Thank you, Lord. Okay, now I'm going to pray this prayer and repeat it after me. Everyone's going to pray it together. Dear Father God, forgive me of all my sins. And Jesus, I believe in you. You're the Son of God who died for sin, rose from the dead. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so everyone looking up here. If you raised your hand and prayed that prayer, all of heaven is rejoicing over you. We'd also like to give you a huge applause. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to do something. You don't have to do this, but I want you to do this. It would mean a lot to, to me if on the count of three you would stand up and say, I prayed that prayer. It would really mean a lot to this whole body because we've all prayed that prayer at some point. And we want you to join us. We're going to applaud you. Ready? Be strong. One. Two, three, stand up on your feet. You aren't alone. Stand up on your feet strong. Thank you, Lord. Wherever you are, get up on your feet. You can see people standing up already. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you guys. We're all celebrating you today. You can be seated, but thank you so much. If you need a Bible, we, service leaders are going to get up on their feet right now. And they have Bibles for you. They can also pray with you if you want. But uh, next, most important thing I can tell you is be back in church next week. You got to get around the right people and under the right message every single week. Remember what Jesus said. He said, go out there and get the people in this city to come to this church at 930 in the morning. Kind of, I'm paraphrasing, that his house might be full. I love you guys. I'm standing with you. God bless you. Have a great morning. Amen. What, did mean? what a powerful message wow. that was. Wow. Just... Born into it. Born, born again into it. Yes.
And what we want to encourage you to do today, if you, re if you received Jesus as your personal Savior today, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to be bold and put something into the chat and let us know that you prayed that prayer and that you've dedicated your life and possibly rededicated your life to the Lord. Because yes. He loves you, we love you, and we want to make sure that you get your needs met. And we want to come together with you in prayer and stand with you in the goodness of our God. Yes. And I'm reminded about the Roman centurion today who came to Jesus and said, you know, I'm not worthy to come under, you're not, I'm not worthy for you to come into my yeah. house. And as a result of that, Jesus spoke the word and said, go, your servant is healed. And there's a couple of things that come to my mind when I think about that. And that is that the power of the Holy Spirit is able to invade every realm where you are. So just expect to see and receive from the Holy Spirit this morning yes. as Pastor Starla and I come together with you in agreement for your prayer requests because I know that God wants you healed. This is something he wants every need met. Yes. This is something that he has provided for you and there is no reason for you to not have it because yes. it belongs to you. You are an owner. And as you come into the kingdom of God and stand in that place of faith, God's going to meet your need. Yes. Pastor Starlin. So, Father God, we thank you for these prayer requests. I lift up Curtis right now, who just moved to Arizona, Father God. Um, I, I thank you that you are creating an awareness in him that he is discontent with where his life is right now and in his walk with God, and he yes. wants more. So we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that... Uh, he has reached out and he is asking for more in his life. So, Father God, I speak uh, the angels to minister to him in his sleep and during the day. Speak to him. Give him wisdom and guidance. Lead him, guide him, and direct him. And put people into his life that will help him to grow yes. in the knowledge of God and yes. in the uh, relationship with you. Not just to know about you, but to know you personally. And I pray that you'll give him wisdom again and guidance and direction. Uh, and just surround him by the presence of the Holy Spirit. We yes. give you thanks and praise for it right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray for Isabel. She asked for a prayer for herself and for a new job yes, and finances. Lord. So God, yes, God, she's born into this inheritance in this kingdom, as Pastor Jason was just telling us. So we declare in the name of Jesus that she uh, be led to a new job into greater finances and for her family. Yes, Father. Pastor Jeff. Lord, we pray for Tina right now, Lord God. She's struggling with patterns, Lord, that have caused her harm. And Father, we just lift Tina to you right now, Lord. I pray that she would see herself through your eyes, God. Yes. That will, she will see herself as worthy. And Lord, that she will see, see herself as complete and whole in you, Father. And everything that the enemies tried to plant into her life, God, we take authority over those seeds and we command crop failure to come to those things. Every negative and thing. Every positive thing that has been spoken into her life today through the word from the, from the pulpit of living word, God. I pray, Father God, abundance take, of fruit, abundance yes. of growth, abundance of power and strength, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we agree. Pastor Starling. And God, I pray for Valerie, for her tooth. As we prayed at the beginning, we just declare healing and health to her physical body. That uh, you will give her wisdom in finding a dentist that will address the issues and to fix whatever is going on with her teeth, Father God. And we give you thanks and we give you praise that she is free of pain in Jesus' name. And that whatever is, is causing resistance in her body, it will be discovered and fixed. And God, I thank you for Marie. 
And I pray for Marie and her family. I declare, as it says in what was it we were looking at earlier, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 5, that for those who love you, that is passed on to a thousand generations. So I declare that for her sons. I declare healing in her physical body. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I come into agreement with what Jesus provided on the cross, that she is free from physical pain uh, and that she is drawing near to you and that she senses the presence of the Holy Spirit and that she just the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come into where she is right now. And we give you thanks and praise for it. Yes, Father God. And Lord, we just lift Cindy to you right now, Father. I pray, God, that you would draw close to her. Holy Spirit, just let her sense your presence. Yes. And Lord, let her sense your acceptance. Let her, ex let her sense your love for her, God. And Lord, let her know that you guide her steps. You got her. And as we walk with you, Father God, you promised that you would guide our steps so that she will have wisdom as to know which, uh, which type of Medicare coverage to select, Lord. Because mm -hmm. you care about every last detail of our lives. Yes. And Father, we give you thanks and praise and honor you, Lord, for our friend Cindy, God. I pray that you'd bless her in Jesus' name. Did we pray for Valerie? Yes, we did. Okay. okay, okay. Well, praise the living God, man. This is, this is such a powerful time. We invite you to reach out to your friends. They will be able to see this message online through YouTube or Facebook in a, in a replay. And I just encourage you to reach, pe have, reach people and let them know how this message has changed your life. And put in the chat while we're still alive, put in the chat that uh, how God has uh, impacted your life in this with the aha moments that the Holy Spirit has shared with you. And we know that God is only good and he has so many good things for us as we continue to walk and enjoy his presence. Yes, and Curtis, you live close to us. We're in Mesa, you're in Tempe. I wanna meet you. Come meet us. I'm Pastor Starlin. This is Pastor Jeff. Um, and we look forward to seeing your smiling face up here and introduce you to some of our friends. God bless you all. We look forward to continue to be able to minister to you online in this, in this format. And tell your friends, this share, is an share, share, interactive share. moment where we can come together in agreement with the power of the Holy Spirit yes. by the authority of the blood of Jesus and see lives transformed. And declare this in glory. your life. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you.